We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So pending Ravens free agent Kyle Van Noy, he decided to push back on your tweet, Sarah, after your conversation that the two of you had together last week while we were in Las Vegas on Radio Row at Super Bowl 58. Yeah, he did push back and, uh, you know, it elicited a lot of reaction and opinion online. So we'll take a look at exactly what happened there coming up next. Good, good, good. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, February 15th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault presented by one of this month's small business patreon title sponsors our friends at snr laundry services they are a laundry and dry cleaning pickup and delivery service in baltimore and surrounding areas you can visit mycleanlaundry.com to learn more we know nfl free agency it's the next big thing up next in this nfl calendar and so we've got a couple of names that national pundits are connecting to Baltimore, whether it be via trade or signing, and we'll give our opinion of whether, you know, they're actually doable. Plus, beware of this trend of toxicity we've noticed when it comes to the outside noise and some of the talking points about the relationship between John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we've got all that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Okay, Bobby, so uh, I've mentioned a couple times really since the Super Bowl. Uh, I talked to Kyle Van Noy. Um, I feel like it was our last day there, probably the Friday before the Super Bowl. And I asked him if he was going to return as a Raven. I've mentioned on here before that he would like a pay raise for that to happen. He said it would depend on Eric DaCosta. So uh, things have just been moving so quickly. We've been traveling, this and that. I hadn't been able to tweet that out yet. So finally, I found time yesterday. So I tweeted this. Some of you may have already seen it. Uh, I wrote, quote, I asked Kyle Vinoy at the Super Bowl if he was going to return with the Ravens. He got a big grin on his face and said that depends on Eric DaCosta. KVN knows that he gave the Ravens a bargain last year. And for those that need reminding, he was only paid $1.4 million and he got nine sacks. We're going to be talking about a potential trade scenario coming up. And that trade scenario had one less sack than, than uh, Kyle Vanoy. And I promise you, he has been paid much more money. So that definitely has been a bargain. So anyway, I write that he had a bargain. Then I go on and say, and say quote, and this time he wants EDC to pay up. Okay, so I wrote that. Um, 
I'm losing all my days. I believe Tuesday night and then Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. It was in the middle. I was doing, it was leg day for me, Bobby. I was doing a legs workout. (laughs) I was working on those, those, uh, leg extensions and Kyle Van Noy replies. He says, interesting choice of words at the end. He says, I remember doing the first part, but not the last part, but all good. I think better choice of words would have been deserves a raise. No, I think he, like, I think that's how he says it. So, um, you know, I'm sitting there taking a little break from my, my leg workout. And I reply back to KV. I say, fair enough. KVN. I say pay up versus pay raise is pretty similar to me, but one is probably stronger phrasing than the other. More than anything, I want you to feel your sentiments are represented well. So I'll use raise in the future. And then I finish with, and yes, based on the way you played, a pay raise is deserving, in my opinion. So, Bobby, I'll let you react. You kind of you weren't there with me when I talked to Kyle. It was kind of like a walk and talk. Um, and so, uh, so you you weren't there. You didn't hear it. Uh, but you're you're now seeing this all unfold like everybody else from the outside. So, what was your reaction? Yeah, I was trying to track down. The other Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, you were trying to get. Yeah, Kyle they Hamilton. were being. They were wingmen for one another. They were yes. working with. They were working with the company out there and and doing media and 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 they're great, great guys. Um, my first reaction to this was I really commend you for the way that you handled it, uh, first and foremost, and second, I think it's totally within bounds the way Kyle Van Noy decided to handle it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know that. Negotiations and and free agency come with very difficult territory. We all watched that unfold for Lamar Jackson and Eric Tacosta this time last year. Uh, high stakes, intensity. Um, you know, some, sometimes things things can get personal. Words can be taken out of context. You name it. And to me, my first sort of thought is that Kyle just doesn't want anything out there that could potentially portray his words in a sense where. That he didn't mean to come across that way. Do I think that you had any kind of intention for that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I think this is totally, it was a fair response from him. I thought it was a respectable response from you. And you move on. You know, uh, what I really liked was that you didn't take exception to it. I think there's a lot of people out in there in media that might take exception to it because of what happens afterwards, right? And I'm sure your mentions today have shown exactly that. Some people, will think that you're trying to get clicks, even though there's no link attached to this. <laughs> Some people will think that you're you're pushing a narrative, which there is no narrative. Like, I just appreciated the way this, but from both of your ends, I appreciated how you guys went about this. And um, and who knows? He, he may not end up in Baltimore next year. But, of course, coming off this year, his career year, you know, and an opportunity to really get paid, he understands that he's deserving of it. We, we You and I both understand that he's deserving of it. Um, and, and then you kind of let the chips fall as they may with free agency coming up, you know, a little over three weeks from now. So, uh, that was kind of my take on it. How about you? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think at the end of the day, Kyle's right. And the reason why I think he's right is because it doesn't matter who it is. Like if you were, if you were going to be talking on my behalf, right, Bobby, if I wasn't here and you were talking on my behalf, um, whether there was ill intent or not at the end of the day, you, you want your sentiments to be represented, your true sentiments to be represented. And I think part of, um, of when you're, when you're talking to players and asking them for quotes and whatnot, and 
uh, and you just, you want to be represented accurately and you don't want anything to mess up contract negotiations, especially. Right. And so there were reactions online that, that could be kind of two extremes. One, you pointed out people saying that I was trying to go for clicks. It's, I didn't even, if I wanted to, I could have put a click <laughs> to our, to a link to our show yesterday. I didn't do that. Like, that's not, that's not what my intent was. Uh, but that doesn't matter. What matters is if I have represented him the way he wanted to be. And then the other reaction was, dude, it's the same thing. Like, get over it. I saw other people kind of pushing back on him. And so, uh, like, I just feel like it's my job to, if a player is going to talk to me, that I represent them accurately. And so, uh, you know, I remember back, I'll give you this one little story that kind of pinpoints what I'm trying to get at. So when I was working at the Ravens, very early in that career, the Ravens decided that they were going to have an opinion writer for the team website, which was very new for team websites. Team websites in the past have always been like kind of a PR website, this and that, and the Ravens were allowing us to kind of push the envelope a tiny bit. And so they wanted to go out and sign an opinion writer for the website. And I know me, like I would have loved to have had that job. And I was super, super young. Right. And the Ravens ended up hiring John Eisenberg. And I remember talking to Kevin Byrne about that hiring, who is it, for those that don't know, he was the senior vice president of public relations. We've had him on the show. He's, he's like a father figure figure to me. And, um, and he told me that one of the reasons why John Eisenberg was chosen is because he's surgical with his words. He's surgical. And I remember reading Eisenberg. He would write two or three times a week. And when he wrote, I'm like, that's kind of how I feel. But he said it in a way that was just like surgical. It's like yeah. chef's kiss. Like you can't. And I remember at the time, I remember telling Kevin, I was like, I like that. Like, that's my goal. That's my goal is I want to become surgical in my writing or as we're doing a tweeting or on here. And I feel like in this case, me saying he wants EDC to pay up comes across as demanding mm -hmm. versus he wants a pay raise, which is what Kyle Van Noy is asking for. A pay raise is more of a request and more professional rather than a, a demand. And so, so I think he was right. I don't think I was surgical at the end of the day there, whatever. It doesn't matter about intent. I didn't do it. The represent him in the way he wanted to. So I don't, I don't know that it's egregious because I'm no. getting across that he wants a pay raise in some some way and at the same time while it wasn't egregious it also wasn't surgical and it didn't like it didn't satisfy him and i need to satisfy people if they want to continue to talk to me so i thought i thought he had a good point overall i think that's such a fair assessment i really i respect that you're acknowledging of that right i mean like we, we, we speak about emotional intelligence sometimes right like maybe a younger me would be like oh my, i can't believe he's blasting me like this even though that wasn't a blast right he said it's yeah. all good he said it's he all said good, it's yeah. all good which, which it is to be all good as byu you know i got love for him <laughs> yeah. well that was my first thought right because like your our goal all week long was obviously to catch up with as many ravens as we could now yeah. most, mostly what we did was former Ravens, right? And, yeah. and some folks that were just there covering the media, whatever, like the NFL yeah. Network people, that's what we ended up with. But when we heard that both Kyles were going to be there, you especially were fired up because of that BYU connection. So yeah. so when that when the tweet came out, I was like reading it to my mom. I'm like, wait a second, these guys are both Cougars here, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so so anyway, um, but but it, it's, it's a great, I love the parallel that you just made. Because John, I didn't know him that well when I was with Ravens Radio. John Eisenberg, I, yeah. John Eisenberg. Yeah. Because I think he had just 
maybe left or maybe a, whatever, like a year or two in. Yeah. And I remember reading his stuff though, because he was still like a contributor at that point. And I think he's an author, right? Like he, yeah, he's, he's got released books. a book, like he's got books, books, plural. Yeah, he is yeah, so yeah. surgical. And, and it's such a great lesson, not even a lesson, but like a reminder for us yeah. that it's a lot harder to be surgical in this setting on camera than it is in writing, in my opinion. I agree because writing, you can think about it more, you know, and I didn't think enough about it. I didn't think enough about it. But it's just a great reminder for us, motivation for us to continue to do that as we continue to grow, you know, because because your Twitter account has reach. And that got back to Kyle somehow, somewhere. And I knew it would. That's the funny thing. When somebody like accused me of like purposely trying to get clicks or engagement or whatever, I was like, but I very well knew. I knew that Kyle's <laughs> active on Twitter. I knew that it was newsworthy. And so I knew it would get back to him. So oh, yeah. I, it's not like I was like trying to get cheap, whatever. Like I knew he'd see it. And so it's not like I was purposely trying to be, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, dramatic or anything like yeah. that. It's not, that's not or what antagonizing do, so. or anything. Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. at all. And you know yeah. what you should do? You, you should reach, you should reach out to him to have him on. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be the whole part of the conversation. <laughs> I just don't want him to feel like that. I'm trying to take advantage of the situation or whatever, yeah, but yeah. True. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to welcome him inside the vault at some point down the line. Well, but. I hope we just welcome him back to the Ravens. Cause what, like, <laughs> even if you doubled his salary, <laughs> From 1.4 to 2.8, like still worth it. Like, let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Shall we get to some of these trade proposals that are coming yeah. out? Again, we're, we're still weeks away from, from the start of the new league year and, and free agency and, and whatnot. But there are a couple names that some pundits have been speaking about and that have made some waves within the Ravens flock online community. And one of those is Brian Burns, who is an edge rusher for the Carolina Panthers. Ravens. I think we're, we're rumored to be maybe interested in him coming out of the draft. Uh, but since then, you've seen his name around just in ner- just in terms of these types of things. I don't think there's ever really been anything concrete, per se. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he is a name that that a lot of people have been monitoring, being that that he's going into a, a contract. Or, uh, yes, he's, go- he's going into the final year of his deal. And so, in this scenario proposed by Bleacher Report, Carolina would trade Burns to Baltimore for their first round pick in 2024, which we know is the 30th overall pick in April, a 2025 third rounder, and David Ajabo. So we're talking about two significant pieces of draft capital, one being this year in the first round, the other being next year in the third, which we all know the Ravens can dominate in the third round when it comes to uh, scouting and you know, draft analysis and everything they do incredibly well. And David Ajabo, who, yes, through a couple of years in the NFL, has been super disappointing availability-wise, but you hope can have that similar impact and maybe even like late buildup like Adafi Owe hopefully is having in this outside linebacker room. And so I thought our guy Dev kind of summed it up perfectly here on Twitter before <laughs> we give our perspectives because he just came out and said, you can't afford him. No chance. You're better off signing Justin Matabike with that money. Interior pressure is greater than edge pressure against AFC quarterbacks that get rid of the ball too quickly. Mahomes, Burrow, even the up-and-coming C.J. Stroud. I would try to find a mid-level edge free agent instead. That's exactly what they did this past offseason, obviously, 
with the aforementioned Kyle Van Noy in season and then Jadavian Clowney before the season began at the end of training camp. So I'm with Dev on this one. That is a hefty, pricey ticket for a guy who, by the way, you'd still have to tag him, wouldn't you? You would. It would have to be a tag and trade. (laughs) So not only are you giving up that, but wait a second. This dude's in the middle of a contract year. So if you don't, if you want to keep him around and actually get some ROI, you'd have, this is a preposterous trade proposal. Who put this together? Bleacher <laughs> I, Report. Yeah, Come Bleacher on, man. Report. Bleacher Report. But, and listen, I mean, all people are, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Franchise tag for him is probably, we don't have the official numbers yet. I'm assuming they would slate him as a defensive end instead of a linebacker. I wish they just had an edge, whatever. But uh, basically, it's $23 million. And so to Dev, Dev's point, the tag for Matabike is $20 million. So, and 1,000% agree with them that interior pressure is better than edge pressure. It's just that usually most people interiorly can't get it as often as the outside. But uh, Matabike, how many sacks did he have? Was it 13 this last season? Definitely double digits. Definitely double digits. Now here, Brian Burns, he had eight sacks this last season, 12 the year before. But again, it put in perspective, eight sacks coming off this season, and he's set to be tagged for $23 million. Granted, if it's a tag and trade, the Ravens would do a long-term deal, and it wouldn't be $23 million this year but it would be stacked going throughout. And so that's the same situation with, with uh, Justin Matabike. Yep. Meanwhile, you got uh, Kyle Van Noy, who we were just talking about, who's coming off a year of nine sacks, one more than Brian, and he was paid 1.4. So again, like I said, you could double that, maybe, maybe triple it, although I wouldn't go that far, uh, but probably double it. And are you still going to get similar production again? Kyle Van Noy's not playing as many snaps snaps as as um, as Brian Wood and, and whatnot, but yeah, this is a situation where it's right player, wrong price, and you got to move on. So Sarah Jadavian had nine and a half mm-hmm. in, through seventeen games this year, and like you said, Kyle had nine in fourteen. That is 14. a ridiculous yeah. amount of production. <laughs> Given what you had, given what you spent, and again, we shouldn't sit here and assume that those two numbers or those two players can multiply that or give you back-to-back seasons with that, but why can't you try and, and do it again, even if it is with different pieces? I know a lot of you out there want Jadavian back, and I, I see why. Yeah, but I, I do too. You, you maybe even entrust the likes of a Chuck Smith and the way that you've revamped your pass rush room because these two dudes weren't the only ones with career years in Baltimore. These two weren't the only two dudes who had a bunch of production. And so I don't know. I think there's something special being built. I think Dr. Rush deserves a ton of credit. I think their versatility and their depth and their scheme deserves a ton of credit. But this is not the move, and I think we're both in agreement on that for sure. Well, and one more thing just to point out in all of this, although you don't want to get greedy, but, you know, we all know Kyle Van Noy has a point, right? He deserves a, 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 pay, a pay raise. got to get a pay raise. Um, and at the same time, while he deserves that 1,000%, this is what Eric Tagosta's job is, and he did it superbly last year. To where, listen, and it's going to have to continue because you have high-priced 
uh, veterans already with Lamar Jackson, Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Williams. Okay, you have all that. So it's unfair on one hand to say, Eric DaCosta, go do it again just as well because that was crazy what he just did. And at the same time, it's kind of like, hey, Eric, can you get in that neighborhood? Because we kind of have to. And so that's Eric's job. His job is to say, I can't do Brian Burns, but I can go and do another Houston, right? When we when we got uh, Justin Houston or Kyle Van Noy or Jason Pierre-Paul or all, that's his job is to find these bargains and he's going to have to do it again. He's done it pretty dang well. So here we go. Another dial one up again in 2024. On the other side of the ball, another trade proposal that's out there. Bleacher Report again. Also from Bleacher Report is Saints running back Alvin Kamara. So I'll let you dive into this one first. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so this one was a headline of five NFL trades that could help prevent a Chiefs Super Bowl three-peat. So uh, Alex K here proposes um, Alvin Kamara and acknowledges that Alvin is not the five-time pro bowler and superstar that he was early in his career. He's now 28 years old, has a little bit more wear and tear going on, lots of mileage from all the times that he's ran, whether uh, through receiving or just straight rushing. And so um, he says the Saints pro- uh, the Saints project to be 82.8 million over the 2024 cap. Can you imagine 82.8 million over? <laughs> That's <Look out>. crazy. <laughs> Woo. Uh, now what they could do is save 11.8 million by trading uh, Alvin after June one or cutting him after June one. Then the article goes on to say that New Orleans should be willing to let him go. And that, let me see where it says the Ravens could deploy him as a third down and change of pace back. Uh, he's coming off a seventh straight season with 400 plus receiving yards. Nice. And he caught 75 passes this past season, his most since 2020. 
we, uh, while he had a career low, 694 yards on the ground. So um, listen, this is another one. I was looking at this. So whether it's a trade or a release, New Orleans have to do it after June 1. Otherwise, it's not worth it because it's so much dead money. They would only be saving $1.5 million if they trade or cut them before June. And they'd be incurring like, I mean, crazy, like $18 million in debt money. Something high like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So that means if the Ravens were to trade for him, they'd have to take his salary that's due this year. And then he's also got a salary due in 2025. The salary for Alvin Kamara is $10.2 million. That's what the Ravens would be doing unless they got an extension. $10.2 for a 28-year-old running back in this offense? <clears throat> Heck no. Not only that, <laughs> I saw um, Ravens film study Ken talk about how, I mean, he got the stats out of how bad Alvin is in, in pass protection, which we don't need any of I those. I got it right problems. here. Oh, here we go. Read it. <laughs> He dug into the numbers on PFF, and he thinks that Alvin, based on what he's read, he's probably been the single worst pass-blocking running back in the NFL for the past three seasons. Oof. If you want him on the field for passing downs, he's got to at least be able to do some of that. Add on top of that, Sarah, he's had some legal issues off the field in recent years as well. So this, to me, feels like a little bit of a forced job, much like the other conversation from Bleach. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's for sure. Here's my prediction of what New Orleans will do with Alvin. I don't think they're going to get a trade out of him. I think if they cut him, it won't be until June. Um, and so they're either going to have to save him. They're either going to have to keep him, which I don't know that they can do because they're $82 million over the cap. So my prediction would be that they're going to cut him because I don't think any team's going to give up another player or a draft pick plus take on 10.2 million for a running back. And so if he's cut with the post one June designation, then the Ravens can go out and try to sign him as a free agent if they really want to. Yeah. And it'll be far less than 10.2 million. I can promise you that far yeah. less than 10.2 million. So, uh, and here, and here's what I want, by the way, if we're talking about, <clears throat> what we're looking for in the Ravens backfield. I don't think we need to go all out and spend a bunch of money here. I think you need one bruiser. So either you sign back Gus or go out and get um, Titans running back Derrick Henry. Get a bruiser. One of those two. Make money for either Gus or Derrick Henry. You've got Hill and you've got Keaton Mitchell, who we're going to have to be careful about because he's probably not going to be ready for the first at least quarter of the season. So get your bruiser, get Hill, wait on Mitchell, and then get yourself a rookie. The Ravens can get a rookie who can be a key contributor early. That's how I think they should do it. You don't, you don't need to spend big money like that. $10.2 million on a, on a running back? No. No, they've proven that, and other teams yeah. have proven that in recent years too. Uh, that, that, that position is just not what it once was. And so from a monetary standpoint, yeah, it, that, that makes most sense. While we're on the topic of the Saints, before we get to topic three, uh, the Saints are interviewing Keith Williams to be their wide receivers coach. They did interview him on Wednesday. Remember, he has been the assistant wide receivers coach and really pass game coordinator in Baltimore the last three seasons. Now, remember, uh, he's got ties to New Orleans. He was the Tulane wide receiver coach from 2012 to 2014, but probably more notable is that he and Devontae Adams have worked together closely over the years to the point where I believe – he still is his personal 
coach in the offseason. So Devontae is still in Vegas last time I checked, and you wonder if those links on top of um, maybe another opportunity for him could be in play. So about we'll to monitor that. Hate to see him go, uh, but that's right? what happens. When you succeed, you get to move up, and so I'd be happy for him. Uh, not wouldn't be great for for the Ravens. All right, so this last topic I want to get into. Um, I more saw it, so I want to give him a shout out. Uh, Drew from the Zone Thirty Two podcast. I know there were some conversations about this kind of quote that was coming out from a podcast. Uh, granted, I don't know them very well personally. I haven't I haven't listened oh, to their Sarah, podcast. Can I just correct myself? I'm sorry, I got to interject. Yeah, go ahead. Devonte Adams is in Vegas. Duh. But you, New Orleans. you said that, so I didn't know if you meant that. Like, oh. Sorry, I had a brain fart. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I get there. for. I'm seeing things come down, tweet deck, my mind spinning, what it means. Okay, yeah. just, just so everybody's clear. Devante is in Vegas. Keith is interviewing with New Orleans. New Orleans. Sorry. I thought you were trying to say that like maybe Devante would want to go out there or something I'm like that. I'm losing my mind. I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm building my studio. My mind's all over the place. Can't wait to show everybody the finished product. Continue. Oh, I'm, glad you cu- I'm glad you cut yourself there. But anyway, so uh, this podca- podcast, Lunch Break Hot Take, they, c- they could be an awesome podcast. I honestly haven't listened to it. It's just this one quote that um, had some of Raven's Twitter chatting on Wednesday morning, if I could bring it back up, there's so many things here. So basically, uh, well, I'll let it speak for itself. It's on the topic of, of Lamar Jackson and whether he should run more, which is what has kind of been a, a sentiment after that uh, loss to the Chiefs. Hey, Alphonse, I- I'm glad you said this. I want to address this too. Hey, Alphonse says Lamar needs to not prove he can throw like the best of them and just play because no one can pass and definitely run like he can. He needs a little rookie Lamar mentality and take off in open field. I 100% disagree with this. Lamar Jackson knows what he's doing out there. He needs to not go out there and just take off every single time somebody's not open. Hold your hold your your coaching staff accountable. He's not the running back of this team. Okay, he's running plenty already. Yep. But the problem is every time he makes those spectacular runs. It takes the pressure off the coaching staff and it gets them lazy and they're saying, Oh, well, we don't have to we don't have to do better with our our, our play calling. Yeah. We don't have to do better with, you know, getting personnel. yeah, personnel. You know, we can just he'll bail us out. No, he needs to keep doing what he's doing and, and put the onus on Harbaugh. Okay, so that's that's one side of it. I think there's actually some good points in there, but one main thing I disagree with. And just to juxtapose that. Ryan Clark said something completely different after that Chiefs loss, and Ryan Clark has obviously been in Lamar's col- uh, shoulder or er, corner uh, for years, really. And this is what he had to say about um, trying to prove that you could win from the pocket. It doesn't mean you have to go out and prove to people that I can win football games this way because I've been successful. Steve Spagnola said this, Lamar Jackson, you're going to have to beat us from the pocket. You can't you. accept that. If you're Lamar Jackson, you can't say, oh, you want to sit me here? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to play football that way. No, put pressure on the defense. That's what you do. I don't care if they got seven defenders, defensive backs. I don't care if they got six. We're not reverting back to where you were your first year against the Chargers. You're the best player in the NFL this year. You got to go show that. You got to go take it. What? Don't. It's okay to revert back to what you're great at. Okay, so the debate kind of is is like how much should Lamar Jackson take off and run, right? And so 
really at the end of the day, we have to trust Lamar to be able to make that decision because he, at the end of the day, it is his decision. And so, but I think there's room to say specifically in the, and I feel like he's handled it well all season, but specifically in that AFC championship game, there seemed to be some easy yards that was right there for the tanking and Lamar didn't take it. And so people are projecting saying he didn't take it because he wanted to win from the pocket. I don't know that. I don't know. Lamar hasn't spoken on that yet. Nobody's asked him that. So I don't know, but here's what I do know from the, uh, again, let me get the name right from the first podcast, uh, lunch break, hot take his reasoning for saying Lamar shouldn't take off. And he put it more in the phrase every single time. I'm not looking for 2018 Lamar. In fact, I like the 2023 version of Lamar, but I wish he would have pulled out that Superman running Cape a little bit more in the playoffs. I think that would, that's a, that's an appropriate time, but here's what I really want to push back against. He said, no, don't run because put the accountability on John Harbaugh. And then he said for personnel, which is Eric DaCosta and, and the, and the scouting department, that's right? Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> when you're in the middle of a game, particularly an AFC championship game, and there's yards there. The advice to say, don't take off so that you can hold your, your head coach accountable. Now, look, I've already said, I've been on record. It was coaching malpractice that game. I didn't like the game plan. I didn't like it at all. Ravens got outcoached. Ravens got outplayed. That does not mean that going forward, your new mindset is the way I'm going to play is to make sure that my coach is accountable and not me. Bobby, I think we've both played sports enough and you don't even have to p- play at the highest, you know, in the world, but I've been covering the highest in the world since 2005. To play so that you're not blank getting blamed means that you're playing with a with with an expectation to lose. So if you're, you're playing with fear. If, yeah, and as Drew said and I want to give credit to him, Drew had said on Twitter you don't get you want to you care about winning games, not getting into an accountability battle. It's toxic, Bobby. But and it's the and it's the same thing I push back against that I push back against all off season, but in different terms, which was the contract dis- the negotiations. I had seen so many contract negotiations with other stars, whether it was Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Terrell Suggs, all these guys, and the outside toxic talking points are toxic. They're toxic. And they and while there it's true that at some point you're you're negotiating against each other, so there are sides, but the way they talk about it is toxic. And the way that they're advising him is toxic. If you want to make sure that John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta continue to get you the pieces that you need, now is the time to talk about it. And my guess is they are, and I they already have, and they're gonna continue. John Harbaugh already said, like believe his, his funny car analogy, right? Like he's like, I want Lamar Jackson to help us build this car. And remember Lamar Jackson said he liked Hollywood Brown. The Ravens drafted Hollywood Brown temporarily. He said he liked Zay. The Ravens got Zay. OBJ was clearly a move for Lamar. Okay. So the Ravens have a history of going out and getting the weapons that he likes. You know, he likes Isaiah likely, you know, he likes Mark Andrews, you know, he likes Zay. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know what the input was on Bateman, but the point is now's the time to work through that. Now's the time to start talking about 
okay, what's different ways that we can build this offense with Todd Munkin? Not in the middle of the game, and Steve Spagnola has given you eight yards to run, and you say, no, I'm not going because I don't want to bail somebody out? Like, come on, what are, we, what are we doing here? It's just a toxic... It's just a toxic thing. And whether you are want John Harbaugh fired, and I know a lot of people do, or whether you're anti-Lamar, you're, you're like a Lamar hater, and I know a lot of people are, wherever you are and you're still a fan of this team, the hope that the facts are Lamar's here and John Harbaugh's here and Todd Bunkin's here. That's not changing this year. So the hope is, is that they get on the same page and rather worry about accountability battles. They get into the weeds of this and say, let's make some principles of how we decide when to run and when to pass. That's the healthy way to go about it. Engaging in dialogue that pins the two up against one another is yeah. so counterproductive. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just so counterproductive. And if you want to talk about the personnel dialogue too, which it seemed like you wanted to go down that road a little bit in that first clip, are we going to not act like every name that you just mentioned, some of whom were literally just brought in this past offseason that, that were invested in to be put around Lamar to uh, to boost and upgrade his personnel wasn't a thing that was sort of arc, you know, uh, orchestrated by John and Eric and, and brass. Like it's just, I don't know that, that to me was, uh, was a little bit of a stretch and a reach. So let's get to some quick hits here, both beginning with a couple San Francisco pieces. One of which is a, a change in their coaching staff. They're going to start, they're going to part ways. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. He is out as San Francisco's DC, which definitely comes as a surprise. Uh, they, they, that was not the reason why they lost the game, by the way, on, on, on Sunday. On top of that, one of their wide receivers, lots of drama in San Francisco. You think we're having drama here? <laughs> lots of drama there. What do, what do you think is worse? Losing in the AFC title game the way that the Ravens did? Or losing the way that San Francisco did. Uh, they're both gut wrenching, but of course I want to advance further. I'm always I'm always winner mentality. Like as far right. like just keep going, keep yep. going. Yep. Look yeah. at Ayuk's brother on top of some Instagram stories that I've seen as well from his girlfriend, but his brother up on Instagram with black screen behind it using eye emojis and saying this is the exact reason why we're leaving San Francisco. Thank you, 49ers, for drafting my brother. We are forever grateful. Back to Vegas. Uh, why does your all-pro 1,300-yard receiver have three catches in the Super Bowl? Like His girlfriend's up there saying that, you know, we out, things like that. I mean, oh, man. Ayuk's time in San Francisco might be coming to an end based on all this. And if it's not, oh, that's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, but the teams and players get over this drama all the time, all the time. So uh, who knows what's really going on? This is like family, family speaking for sure. And um, anyway, the reason why I brought this in is because I saw a lot of Ravens fans again being like, oh, let's go get him. The reality is, is San Francisco has already exercised the fifth year option on him. So he's under contract for 2024 with the San Francisco 49ers. Now they all might be trying to get an extension done. Um, I mean, wouldn't be the worst idea for San Francisco to try to lock him up. So unless he forces him his way out, he is officially under contract for the 49ers this coming season. Oh boy. Something to watch. All right. Let's take a look at how Jim Harbaugh's staff is filling out in Los Angeles. And so, yeah, lots of familiar names. I was going to say, we don't need to go through all of them. There's a long list here, but here's five former Ravens 
former Ravens coaches that are now with Jim Harbaugh in the Chargers. Uh, Jesse Minter, who is now their defensive coordinator. He was the Raven with the Ravens, according to Ryan Mink. He laid this all out here in a tweet, 2017 to 2020. Then we all know the name Greg Roman. He is officially the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles. Uh, we know he was here in Baltimore from 17 to 22. Then Andy Bischoff, he is, uh, has been named the run game coordinator slash tight ends coach. He was also here from 2015 to 2020. Mike Devlin, isn't he the one that everybody thought was Greg Roman? Yep. Remember there was that meme that or that picture Sorry, of, Mike. of Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was sitting behind Todd Munkin up in the booth and everybody was like, wait a minute, is that Greg Roman back? And it's like, no, he's the uh he was like the assistant offensive line coach. Something like that. Storyline. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. So anyway, he went over there. And then Mark Tressman. He was obviously a former Ravens offensive coordinator. He was here it's 15 and 16. And Mark Tressman is back in the game over there. What is his new title? Senior offensive Senior assistant. Offensive assistant. Okay. How cool is that? What a staff. I am really, really, really interested, Bobby, to see Greg Roman because the thought has been, right, that he's run first, obviously. He has a brilliant mind with the run game. That is not Justin Herbert. It is not like a Lamar Jackson or even like a – Kaepernick or um, who's the other former Raven quarterback up in Buffalo when he was the offensive Tyrod. coordinator, Tyrod Taylor, like Justin Herbert is completely different. So I'm very interested, interested to see, but then again, Jim Harbaugh himself is a former quarterback and offensive coordinator. And so it's like, he can, you know, could maybe balance it all out, but I'm interested to see how that all goes. How quickly can he get it up and running? Uh, this is going to be yeah. tremendous. And the fact that they're going to meet again in the regular season as brothers is pretty cool too. Shout out to a couple of our OG patrons, Patrick York and Sarah Kendall. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. All that information can be found in the show notes below. And a special thank you to this months and this episode small business patreon title sponsor you heard it at the top snr laundry services use code bobby t20 that's bobby t20 for 20 percent off your next service all that information can be found in the show notes this is your wednesday morning vault i'm bobby trossett sarah ellison alongside as always this is a good one uh, thursday morning vault this is your thursday morning vault <laughs> thursday morning vault today's wednesday already are you serious my mom, so just to peel back the curtain before we jump, we're going long, but my mother is with me. I'm back from Vegas. We're in the process of building my new at-home studio. I've got monitor on my right, big monitor on my left. There's going to be a Maryland flag behind me, courtesy of my guy Dave Taylor in a little bit. So exciting times, but yeah, it's been, that's, what an excuse for me to, you know, mix up the day, mix up <laughs> Um, not Alvin Kamara, uh, Devontae Adams. What an excuse. I'm going to go. Now, listen, I mix up the days all the time because we're always recording a day before. And then, like, you just have to, like, think extra. Oh, so in order for you to get up at 5 a.m., you're recording the day before. Appreciate you catching me. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. As always, like this video and subscribe to The Vault, both here on YouTube and in the audio-only podcast spaces. Mm -hmm.